0: So okay. Gents, how are we? Um, so for anyone out there who's been with us for the last few weeks since we launched this pod, you may or may not have noticed last week, we didn't record an episode. Um, We did actually record an episode and there were some good nuggets in there, including Joe picking Tom Kim to win last week, which he did. Uh, however, there were issues with the audio and we had to take it down. Anyway, we're back this week with a buying. And with renewed vigour, uh, we are also a man down with Cooper uh, in currently travelling through Manila in the Philippines. Um, but anyway, boys, we've got the FedEx Cup playoffs. We've got 11 players from Liv suing the PGA Tour, which is just juicy. Uh, not to mention Leona Maguire with her best finish uh, in a major with her fourth place at the Women's Open in Muirfield. I suppose the best place to start is a bit of a recap of last week. So, Joe, you called Tom Kim winning last week. Shot a 27 in the front nine on Sunday to, to romp home with a 61 and win. Um, yeah, what do you make of it?
1: Yeah, a bit a bit of luck there now. Um, but, yeah, obviously I was good to to get a pick. Uh, pity I didn't throw the house on it myself. But... Um yeah, like incredible. Like you said, 27 on the front line. Tied lowest, I think, on PJ tour with uh with Brand Seneca. I was uh I saw after. Um yeah, like an insane performance, but like it was definitely coming. His form this summer has been very good. Um like the week before, I think he shot 63 on Sunday to finish tied fourth in the Rocket Mortgage and secure his card for next year. So was playing with a bit of freedom, um, but was just showing this, like, I think, fearlessness that, you know, kind of indicates someone who isn't afraid of the, you know, the finish line and getting there first. And um, so, so yeah, like, this, this guy is the, you know, the real deal, obviously. Um, and to do it against Sungjae as well, um, that can't be underestimated. Obviously, you know, probably South Korea's biggest golfer. Uh, most successful over the last few years so for him to take him down uh, on Sunday was very impressive um, yeah like what was interesting on the Saturday as well I think he was uh, one of the commentators made a comment when he rolled the put in from 15 feet saying you know oh sure you know he's just playing with nothing to fear like he's got the next three weeks off and then like added in oh unless he wins because that was on Saturday I think it was you know his 10th at that time that just shows kind of you know how ridiculous it was what he did um but yeah, one one for the future, but like the near future, definitely here to stay, I'd say. So uh yeah, fair play to him getting getting in there uh for the FedEx Cup at the end.
0: Mm. The uh Dave, the the South Korean ladies have been dominating for the last few years. They had Sun J second and uh and this man Tom Kim winning. About time the men started catching up, isn't it?
2: Oh, absolutely, and I think you know I would echo a lot of what Joe said. And I mean, as a man who's notoriously a huge fan of John and being right and being successful, I have to say I'm, I'm very happy for Joe and his pick. But I was I was worried for him when he when he took a qual on the first hole on Thursday. You know how, how about that? I mean to, to to take an eight on the on the first hole of a of a tournament and to and to win it by by the margin he did was was absolutely exceptional. I mean the the bounce back ability it takes to to, to just to put that aside, I mean, not only to come back win to the tournament, but he bounced back straight away. He buried the second and third hole. I mean, you know, we all know it takes a great deal of mental strength to put behind a, a bad hole. Never mind something, something of that nature in a, in a big event for him. And I mean, how about it? He's he's sewn up his card for the next two years. He's up to thirty fourth in the FedEx Cup on the cusp of a of a tour championship in. In a rookie season when he didn't even have full playing privileges i mean it's a remarkable it's a remarkable win for him and you know i think we mentioned on this pod previously that we we felt that cameron young might have rookie of the year sewn up well perhaps not perhaps mr tom will have some of the <laughs> discussion over the next few weeks i don't think i don't think cameron has got he hasn't got over the line yet and and uh, mr tom kim absolutely rom home this week so let's watch this face
0: yeah, and for anyone who doesn't know, his name is Ju Chu Hong, isn't it? But um he calls himself Tom because he loves Thomas the tank engine. But um he's the second youngest winner on the PGA tour since nineteen thirty two. First player born in the two thousands to win on the PGA tour. Um pretty insane. Um also did you see did you see Faldo's, um very emotional goodbye on the on the
2: broadcast
0: <laughs> poor lad bawling their eyes out in the, in the in the box did you see that
2: yeah i did i didn't i didn't really know what to make of that now to be honest i mean I, i'm not i do i do think faldo has been good on the tv over the years and i actually do quite like the cbs coverage bar the fact that they must be on some sort of record for for advertisements on tv i mean it can it can get ridiculous but i actually did think he could be quite insightful and as an analyst and you know more good natured and humor humor involved than probably actually exists in real life but it was a little bit forced for me uh to be honest i i certainly i don't know if you saw the bit where they they ran out of kleenex i certainly oh, so <laughs> so bad I, I i certainly had no need for any kleenex watching that Um
0: no like you know, i mean, I it's, mean retiring. it's a commentator retiring like i mean move on lads
2: uh, yeah, it was it was it was all a bit much. It was, yeah. I mean, Jim Nance didn't even budge, though, did he? Like Jim G- Jim Nance is a robot, though. I mean, yeah, Jim yeah. Nance, he, he was he was never going to show any emotion. I mean, you know, Baker Finch was was ready to throw himself out of the 18th Tower. What was I that mean, pilot like? <laughs> it was it was very. I I I found the whole thing very scripted, and I I think felt tears were like the the part where he he almost couldn't speak. I wasn't buying that at all i mean faldo hasn't shut up for the last 40 years and all of a sudden yeah. and he's retiring
0: see i actually i don't think it was cryptic because i think faldo is so such a narcissist he's so about himself that he was genuinely that emotional and he thinks that the whole world should be that emotional about him i mean i don't know i i'm not a i think he's been fine as a as a commentator i never found him particularly uh particularly good i i always thought he was he would he's a bit like monty like he would just always bring things back to himself
2: but at least he had something to bring it back to though i mean monty always struggled (laughs) i always i always always found it interesting when monty had to comment on people potentially either getting over or not getting over the line of majors at least faldo had had the resume to back up some of the the takes he took on television yeah
0: yeah
1: that's the thing like he does he does have a length like stand on with with his comments and i think you'll naturally gravitate to to what he says because of his major record and as you know one of the best european players of all time but um just uncomfortable viewing uh to be honest all around it went from like a great spectacle after watching tom uh you know do the business to just something very very strange um did you see amanda uh, renner's interview with tom as well um i think she she said something to the effect of like oh you've now secured officially your PJ tour membership for next season and she was like do you accept but it was quite a pointed question obviously given you know the events in no, the last few no. months yeah it was just it was a funny thing um funny position to put him in you know this Especially young lad
0: the 18th green was it
1: it was it was actually funny enough it normally is but it was just off just off the 18th green um but yeah it was it was a strange one just like going back to him as well like i don't know like do you watch some of his mid iron shots that he hit there like over the weekend like he's got that tiger-esque like sawed off finish mm-hmm. um almost like almost like tommy fleetwood as well of like of today um but yeah maybe like he, he has those like baggy trousers the same as tiger yeah as well. i think yeah he just gives off that sort of aura as well so
0: yeah, he's cocky, isn't he? He's got a little strut about him. He, he he certainly seems like a man who expects to be there. Um, so boys, the women's open held at Muirfield five years after women allowed to join the club. Um, Leona with an incredible last round, sixty six to finish fourth. Um, the playoff was something else, though, wasn't it?
2: The playoff was class, yeah, it was it was so tense. And I mean, they, they, they were running out of daylight as well. I, I don't even know if they were going to get uh, another go at it. Um, because, you know, you could can, can see when they when they cut back to the sky cart with Laura Davies and, and, and Henny, you could see just how dark it had gotten. I actually don't think they were going to... So in one way, thankfully, it was done and dusted because uh, much of an anticlimax would have been to have to come back on Monday morning with absolutely nobody there to potentially play one hole of golf. But... I think you have to you have to hand it to uh to boo for getting over the line i mean she 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 had it she had it done and dusted with nine holes to play and even pretty much had it done and dust with four holes to play and then just made an absolute mess of 15 um, and take seven and then she had a good chance for birdie from maybe six or seven four on 17 after a good sand shot and then to 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 get it done in a playoff against a proven major champion as well was 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 very impressive stuff I felt under the circumstances and like the conditions weren't easy either like that 18 hole in Northfield is, is a tough par four I think it was playing about 440 there was a good strong wind off the off the right hand side I mean they were hitting they were hitting hybrids and and woods for second shots in in into 18 and they were you know i, I know they, they ended up in the bunker on the right hand side a couple of times but you know the the standard of golf was, was really impressive i felt
1: yeah the um the the par and 18 in regulation like the the impressiveness of that can't be can't be overstated like that was like i think when she was standing on the tee there'd been as many bogeys as pars at 18 on sunday so for her, like for everything that had happened before, for her to go and do that, um, to make par an 18 was so impressive. And obviously, like she had a put for it. And um, mm. it's like, but uh, obviously it was it was from distance. But yeah, it was it was it was hard to watch now uh the fifteenth hole after she did that. Um the up and down on 16 as well, that was that was really impressive. Like that was a tough kind of 30, 35 yard pitch she had. Um has played it so well. Um yeah, she she really showed incredible incredible strength and, you know, mental fortitude, especially given she's only, I think she's had one top 10 in majors uh in her career and she got like two or three wins uh, worldwide. I'm not sure if she has a LPGA tour victory. I don't think she does. Um so like to do yeah to do it, to close out that against inji chun was was really really impressive
0: um, yeah, and
2: oh, what about the husband oh I, i've been i've been looking forward to talking about the husband <laughs> he that man was behind the 18th grade he he was skull and pints,
0: He's skull and pints isn't he? But
2: like, like before they even got through regulation see what i think happened i think i think when it got to like 14 15 and she had like a four or five shot lead he was like you know what I'll, ha- I'll just have a little pint here now for myself uh, just to kind of coast home with this and then all hell breaks loose on 15 and at that point he can't stop and i i reckon i'd say from the time that she played 15 until the end of the playoff a good two and a half hours maybe even three had passed because of the time it takes for the changeovers to go back and forth i reckon he had a good nine or ten points on board and i think the run across the AD green when she won it was one of the most <laughs> cringe-worthy <laughs> major winning moments I've ever seen. Like, Boring Chi Chun had to stand there and watch him slobber over for at least a minute before she could even go check out. She eventually gave up and went and ch- shook hands with the caddy because <laughs> he was just, I, like, I just thought that I thought he was absolutely gas. I thought that, uh, I could just imagine him arriving onto the 18th green. She hasn't probably hasn't even seen him and him just yeah. stinking there beer after yeah. she passed from the oven.
0: And <laughs> her taking, would you get off me to stink you?
2: Oh, like and the whole the whole eyes of the golfing world watching. Uh I I I just found him absolutely watch. You know, I, I did enjoy the playoff, but I every time the camera panned him, I was like, Has he got another one? Has he got another one? <laughs> sure, sure enough, there he was. <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't leave him alone, to be fair. Um, I, he put himself in that position. I actually looked him up. He used to be a he used to be a general manager of a shoe store, and then he, he gave it up to become a caddy on the LB PGA Tour. Now, he's obviously not exactly uh, raking it in as a caddy, given he was standing around drinking pints at the back of the 18 green on a major Sunday, but... He seems like I'd say if he hadn't already hit the jackpot in his own mind, he certainly has now that she's rolled in with with a major yeah. open Championship.
0: So he was he caddying at the event?
2: No, he did caddy He did caddy for uh, the name. The name is actually escaping you now. Which 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 lady he was caddying for? It wasn't the wife. So he has done a bit of caddying, but I don't think. I think he was very much. He was he was on he was on point duty for the weekend. I think uh, last weekend. Quality
0: uh and fair play to leona best finish in a major coming fourth Um you would uh, she she's had a couple of like backdoor decent finishes remember she shot really low one in the Evian last year was it like a 61 or something and um, i think the next step is to just to put herself in position now going into the last round <clears throat> which she she doesn't seem to have done yet but fair play she's she's climbing up um, on the world stage, so um, yeah, yeah even, the next couple of years. Yeah. Next year is huge year
1: for her. She's kind of had this like uh, intervening year, like you know, solemn cup last year. She got that experience, obviously, on the biggest stage, and you know, she's she's earned her right to be like in the conversation. I think this year, so I think next year, if she can kind of you know propel up to the next next step, but yeah, sixty six on Sunday, so impressive. Lower end of the day um tied fourth so really really uh good showing for i yeah i think definitely the
2: only way is up for a hundred percent bit of a rory backdoor top 10 in the major though i would say you know never never featured once and then rolls in with a 64 on sunday and gets a lovely little tie for fourth you know, I would would I would have to make that point. And you say, "Not the first time this has happened." So, I would like to see her do it when there's a bit of pressure on early in the early in the tournament and getting herself into the position. Um, yeah,
0: but I, I wouldn't have any doubts that she would have the metal. I mean, just based on what she did at Solheim, I think she just needs to figure out a way to get herself into that position. Like she's so solid. I'd say she's one of the best putting strokes I've ever seen. So completely take your point. Um, but i think she will she'll just put herself in position she'll find a way to put herself in position after 54 holes and i think she will be very good under the gun um but yeah it's just a case of doing it um we'll touch briefly on the the dp world tour and beautiful welsh sunshine so firstly it it was again the kazoo supported by gareth bale what does that mean that it's supported by Garrett Bale? Like, he just chucks a load of cash at it.
2: He's Mr. Wales, I guess. I don't know. I mean, he's he's a bit of a... You mentioned as a narcissist. I think Gale's, Bale's probably a bit of a narcissist as well. He wants to be attached to it somehow. Don't really know. I mean, I did try to watch a little bit of this. And, like, Celtic is a good golf course. And, you know, I think everyone obviously remembers the Ryder Cup there in 2010. I mean, unfortunately, it was just... Quite hard to get excited about this there wasn't much of a crowd at it. the leaderboard or the field didn't really you know it was very hard to get excited about let's put it that way um i mean Cal- callum Sheen couldn't win it. yeah i mean it was his first his second, first win
0: second win but his, f- his first win he apparently he's led five times after three rounds and he's never won from that position, and so he did did this time and he was in tears on the 18th which seems to be a bit of a theme at the moment all these um kind of journeymen pros winning on the that's probably been insulting but it is what it is journeyman pros winning on the european tour the last few weeks and obviously it's very emotional for them
2: um, i wonder are they i wonder is there a little bit of this change to the world golf rankings in mind with some of these wins i can you know because by all accounts The likes of these kazoo events on the dp world tour are just not going to have as much world ranking points attached to them under the new system and you know a lot of people are saying like i think i saw tony johnson tweeting about it during the week that you know it's going to be incredibly difficult for anyone who's just playing their playing their trade on the dp world tour to get into the world's top 50 and kind of get into these big events so i just wonder are some of these guys kind of winning these events with that in mind and thinking this is actually this is my you know one of my last chances to kind of to put put one or two of these together and get into the top 50 or towards it and kind of cement my status in terms of getting into majors and wgc's and some of these big bigger purse events but i don't know yeah i mean absolutely fair play to him i mean you know i think he, he, he won the cypress open or something so it's definitely a bigger win for him i mean it's essentially even though it's not called it it's essentially the welsh open which is you know kind of one of the bigger one of the big events in this kind of part of the year in the dp world tour um but just yeah it's just kind of hard to get excited about really to be honest
0: yeah it is and you were saying beforehand especially if you don't have an irish interest like i think dawn was top 20 but um yeah it's, it, it is tricky to really invest your time into it Um, i saw yeah. you and ferguson was up around there for for anyone who doesn't know like joe's man joe, joe caddy for you uh, and ferguson at the Am a few years ago
1: yeah yeah the uh the near miss in the in the match play no i think we missed by a couple of shots but uh yeah no he was i could tell you know it's great getting a close-up view of these guys you know when they're younger and obviously he's a better player now but um yeah brilliant he won the qatar masters there earlier this year which was uh which is brilliant for him like i know it's probably fallen a bit in in stature like a lot of the dp world tour events but like that was one of the biggest on the on the tour a couple of years ago and um, so for him to go and do that is very impressive and um, yeah I, I i think he's he's on the right tra- trajectory like you'd probably have him in you know the top kind of 20 on the on the dp World tour at the moment will he be a ryder cup player in you know four or five years hard to know but um yeah it was great like great uh obviously obviously cutting from the like that was a that was a funny usm to caddie in because there was there was john ram bryson maverick mcneely and paul dunn was in it as well and like a few others who would definitely be on i can't um cam young's on it as well uh played in it so um yeah it was great to great to see these lads up close but yeah i think one thing on the uh on the world rankings you mentioned there dave like the fedex saint jude this weekend is 68 points for first place and the the isps hand granted it is a smaller event but it's eight points for first place so you're talking you're talking almost nine times you meant points so obviously this is a fedex cup event but it will be interesting to see how these new points manifest themselves in terms of more comparable tournaments so like you know and in, in a month's time after the fedex done um, when you're in the latter stage to the dp world tour and the kind of start of the new pga tour season because like if it's if it's that gap for one tournament like you know when you multiply that out, out over a season like it becomes you know almost impossible for for some of these putting young uh Euro European players to uh to make it. And you know it's a vicious cycle obviously because the majors themselves are a bigger points. So you know they miss the chance of actually being able to play in these events. So um no it will be interesting. Obviously I think I think that's still kinda of un- uncertainty given it's it, they've released a new format. Um and I don't think there's any concrete um you know figures on yet
2: what it's gonna be. So I think it's just going to get worse though i mean my understanding of it, i'm not going to claim to have read the document but i think my understanding is, is that it's only going to get worse in terms of disparity between the likes of a fedex cup event and a and a you know one of the male european tour dp world tour event and certainly the talk on twitter from some of the the lower level pros were were kind of scaling of it and, and particularly skating of the dp world tour in 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 their part and signing off on it as well so I don't think that's the last we will have heard of it, but, and I do I do really hope that it doesn't, you know, as much as I just said, it's very hard to get excited about some of these things, at the same time, that's me kind of saying that because I would really like to see the European tour back to some, some of its former glories and, you know, the likes of the Irish Open, which you spoke about before, having a wonderful field, getting back to, you know, the strong fields that we probably remember from 10 15 years ago, and like just again to kind of tie that in with last week's golf, you know, John Murphy, for example, had another really good finish on the challenge tour. He's up now, he had third, he finished third last week. He's up now to 28th in the the race to mallorca I think it is, which sounds more like a, a race to a six year holiday than a, than a golf. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's what it's called, so I, I didn't make it up. Um, but he's up to 28 now, and top 25 are are in for next season but it just it i guess it just makes it a little bit more hard to get excited about that i mean like someone like murphy's been on the scene for for a number of years for kind of the, the amateur scene and then you know had to a good performance in the walker cup last season and now he's doing it on the challenge tour it's kind of the age-old you know route, route that these guys have to take to get to higher level golf and i just hope that there isn't kind of a a ceiling put on yes. it you know you it's the case that if you can't get to if you can't get to the majors, if you can't get to the World Golf Championships, you're just not gonna make it. Um I really hope that that doesn't happen. But we'll we'll have to we'll have to see how this all pans out, I guess.
0: I do think it's a case of it kind of is what it is. Like the, the PG tour feels are just so much stronger than the DP World Tour feels and have been for the last couple of years. And I think with this merger that's gonna kind of happen between the two tours, it really is formalizing the the fact that the the dp world tour is going to just be a feeder tour for the for the pga tour like they've i can't remember the exact details of of that um new change but isn't it from next year like the top 30 or so on the race to dubai get cards on the on the pga tour or something like that so i mean it just seems like you're gonna have the european tour as maybe the the number one feeder tour to the pga tour and then under that you've got like the, the challenge Tour in europe and then you've got these like different tours in the in the us like the corn Ferry. like the, you could almost argue that the, some of these corn ferry events which is the division two of the pga tour these events are probably filled with players that are just as good if not better than the dp world tour so although I, I take your point and it's it's sad to to see i think um it's kind of just facts like the the world ranking change i'm sure is just a reflection of, of reality i'm sure a lot of stats and um whatever went into making these changes and i think it just
2: just is what it is yeah no i i, I take that point i mean i do think that maybe the BGA tour have got to start throwing the dp world tour a bit of a bone here i mean the dp world tour have rode in behind the BGA on, on all this live stuff and To me it seems like they're not really getting a whole lot in return i mean i know like the the just the top 30 in the race to divide get PJ tour cards but all that means that the top 30 in the race to divide won't play and the dp world throughout the following season they'll go over to america um you know i mean there was there was was a huge opportunity when you think about it for Key Pelly to say you know what PJ tour strategic alliance isn't working and i all of a sudden have a pool of live players that that want to play a bit of golf outside of live and like that would certainly have strengthened the fields in the dp world Tour. i mean i could think i i would imagine that there would be a stronger field in galgarham castle this week this weekend if if the league players were allowed to join i'm not saying it'll be or whether that's right or wrong but that was an opportunity that they passed over to to keep in line with the the big brother pga so i think it's not unreasonable to think that the pga tour should kind of troll bone and you know, they have the co-sanctioned Scottish Open, for example, ahead of the Open. But I mean, that just makes perfect sense for the big boys in the PGA Tour who want to play a bit of links before they go to a major. Possibly, there should be something along the lines of you know commitments to play at Wentworth, commitments to play other Rolex events. Possibly the Irish Open. <laughs> Putting my Irish hat on again, I think we're going to keep we're going to keep banging this drum in terms of make the Irish Open great again. I'm not. sure <laughs> <laughs> then,
0: <I> <laughs> yeah but like it, it, it I, we're probably gonna go down a rabbit hole but if you do that say you mentioned the point about wentworth there like if you if you make it mandatory or or um incentivize the pga tour players to, to come across and play in wentworth well then what happens to these european tour players that are playing on the european tour weekend week out? they get pushed out because the pga tour players are coming along um
2: yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't think there should ever be a case that someone who has a full card doesn't get to play in the biggest event of the European tour. That's absolutely not. I mean, realistically, what will happen there is that, you know, if a handful of top PGA players play at Wentworth, say there's going to be some guys who, you know, are getting invites, you know, based on their performance on challenge tours or other tours, aren't going to get in. I mean, I certainly wouldn't be advocating a position where full European tour playing privileges Gets ousted from the biggest event of the year just to allow you know the one week that Scotty Scheffler shows up, for example. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's the it's the opportunity
1: to compete with the biggest players. I think that's the that's the fundamental point here. Like that these guys won't have that opportunity, but if they come over to your your BMW or Wentworth or your Irish Open or your Qatar Masters, whatever it is, um, that these guys do have the opportunity. And yeah, like. Like you said, there' the, a big opportunity for Kei. Like, what's the biggest deterrent from someone joining live now? It's, it's you know, the 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 likelihood that you'll miss out on majors um, at some point over the near future because of your world ranking points slipping, and um, and obviously the European Tour um, could grant that you know opportunity, whereas we see with uh, with Patrick Reed now, obviously he's going further east um to uh to seek that opportunity so yeah they 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 seriously they had a really strong hand um but uh yeah it shows loyalty and i'm sure look there are other many other factors but um yeah the the pga tour need to reciprocate basically
0: um we've made it nearly 30 minutes without really digging into live so uh, i think that's an achievement um 11 Players from Live suing the PGA Tour. Um, pretty pretty crazy scenario, I suppose. Shouldn't even say it's a crazy scenario. The whole thing is a crazy scenario. Um, watching to watching some of the players' interviews as they reacted to the news that came through during the week that uh, these players are suing. So there's eleven of the live players suing the PGA Tour. Um. Will Zalatoris raised the point, like the money that's going to be used to fight this lawsuit will come out of the pocket of the PGA Tour players. Um, he also said that the, the 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 point of one of the points being pushed by these live players is that they only they get to choose their schedule or they they get to play limited amount uh, um, amounts a year. So like next year it's 14 times the minimum on the pga tour to keep your card i think it's 15. that means you would have to play 29 times and um, but these guys want to play less golf Um, i don't know
2: dave what are your thoughts well first firstly let's not give any credence to anything that any of these lip guys have said other than they're doing it for the money like let's not pretend you know you've already mentioned patrick reed's gone to the far east this week you know and you said they have to play 29 times to 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 even keep their cards on the bj tour if you, if you factor in the live events I mean uh, the live lawyer yesterday at the hearing described the FedEx Cup as the Super Bowl of golf so you know for all of a sudden for guys who who didn't really care about the bJ Tour events and you know kind of just wanted to go and, and grow the game elsewhere. Um, now, all of a sudden, when they can't have their nice slice of cake on, on one side and, and, and eat the Saudi cake on the other, they're not, they're not too pleased. I mean, if the gloves weren't already off, they're certainly off now because they are essentially suing Rory McElroy, they're suing Justin Thomas, they're suing Will Zalatoris. So, you know, this is going to get, if it wasn't already, right, this is going to get incredibly messy. And I think it was Billy Horschel made the point that it's almost like somebody's got been brainwashed. Like he was saying, the comment that was made to him was by some of them, was, We'll see you again on tour soon. And, and he's like, No, you won't. I mean, it it was made pretty clear to them from the outset that this was a breach of PJ Tour regulations. And where do you agree with those or you don't? Them's the rules. And they broke them. They knew what they were doing. They, you know, nobody. There was no, the only person who made any false uh, statements about this or any false representations to the live guys was Greg Norman. You know, Norman, when you look at some of this discovery stuff that's come out in this here and the texts between Sharkey and Sergio, for example. You know, Norman was pretty steadfast in his assertion that there would be no such thing as a ban. But that was made quite clear to anyone who was a member of the PGA Tour as, as, as far back as May six weeks before the first live event, ensuring that if you go and hit a t-shot in london in june you will be banned so i i think i would have to agree with what McElroy said earlier i think it's a good ruling i don't think these guys should should have been let play this week and it's only it's only the start i mean this is this is literally the beginning of this this is going to go on and on and on and on but i'm i'm for one i'm happy that that's what for jones and gooch um won't be playing in, in memphis this week
0: I'm sorry, just for anyone who's who's not aware. Aside from the eleven players that are that are suing, three players, um, Hudson Swafford, Matt Jones, and Taylor Gooch wanted to play this week in the in the playoffs because um, they had qualified. Uh, the judge told them to just jog on, but yeah, Joe, what are your thoughts? Yeah, like I think it's
1: it's when I saw the the ruling last night, I was relieved because i think it sets a uh, you know a good precedent um if i had gone the the other way um you know it might have uh you, you know opened it up to more players to defect across um yeah swafford uh, gooch and and jones missing out obviously Hudson Swafford, who looks incredibly like uh, Harris English, by the way. I don't know if anyone's
0: <laughs> seen
1: the similarities, uh, check it out. It's ridiculous. Um, but um yeah, I think it's it's the right decision, absolutely. Uh, like the the leg they had to the stand on was that they were basically, was it irreparably harmed by missing out on the opportunity to play in the FedEx Cup. But you know, it's been well documented that their contracts with live were based on you know potential losses i.e opportunity cost of of playing in, in live events so um you know absolutely no base to that argument i don't think um but you know comforting to know that they they ruled they ruled that as well but one of the one of the really interesting kind of sides to you know side points to come out of th- those hearings or that hearing yesterday was that apparently some of the prize money the players win is recouped against the advances they get for their their contracts now i don't think that's for all players but basically that means that you know if bryson wins the first live event you know 4.1 million that's deducted from the money he gets for signing for live in the first place um and that really aligns to the whole point of it being like anti-competitive and there being no real incentive for these guys to actually play good golf and compete and so yeah that was it's something live had denied um, but their attorney said that uh, yesterday so um, I think something can be taken taken from that.
2: Yeah, I, think,
0: yeah I,
2: ju- I, I just think that you know some of the some of the comments in the press conference earlier today I think McElroy said you know he has a lot more respect or a little bit more respect I think he said for the players who've gone to live that haven't put their name to this lawsuit uh like i think that's you know that's as far as you're going to hear anyone saying that this is a big you know a big middle finger to the pga tour from these 11 guys that have taken this lawsuit and uh i did find it interesting actually the exchange between McElroy and the journalist about the, the discovery phase for the the overall antitrust antitrust suit and and said that uh he might say uh, might start taking a, a few more phone calls now than texts and emails which i would like to think is a bit of a dig at sergio and and, and sharky Um, i don't know if anyone saw that but like i mentioned earlier but uh sergio uh sergio refers to uh, Greg Norman as sharky on whatsapp which i mm. certainly got a bit of a laugh at to be honest
0: i'm i'm just googled here to see um who the 11 players were uh and i have seen now i can't confirm if it's accurate. So the list includes of the eleven players who have filed the antitrust lawsuit against PGA Tour last week. Are Mickelson, Abe Answer, Kocrack, Carlos Ortiz, Pat Perez, Ian Poulter, and Peter Uline. And that's only eight. I think Gooch, Swafford, and Jones were also included. Um, looks like McDowell didn't get involved. It looks like Westwood didn't get involved. It actually looks like Garcia didn't get involved. Now, I, I'm, I'm worried that that, that list is, is, is missing a couple of players. But yeah, that's a, it's an no, interesting I think, one. I think that is,
2: that, is, that is the 11. I think Garcia, by all accounts, is having a little bit of cold feet on it. He seems to be rolling back a little bit on what he said. Um, you know, I think the penny might be dropping with a couple of them, Sergio included that. You know they are seriously burning bridges here, but I mean the list of players mentioned. I mean it's a who's who of 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 dickheads in golf, really. Um I mean there's not one name on that list that I'm surprised to see. Possibly Abraham answer actually. He hasn't really, mm. he hasn't really popped up too much in the past. But I mean, I'm not one bit surprised to see to see the, you know being led by the likes of Mickelson and the Shamba yeah not- Carlos Carl ortiz took his
1: took his name he removed his name from the proceedings just worth noting um, okay. so it's, it's ten guys now
0: mm, okay noticeable um patrick reed's name is absent from the list you would think that chief chief dickhead of the pga tour patrick reed would uh, would be involved but he's not fair play to him maybe he's, he's he just wasn't him. asked
2: yeah, maybe- yeah maybe he maybe he was just taking stuff from their wallets when they were oversigning the contract and <laughs> i <laughs>
0: um, uh, look this one is going to go on i'm sure over the next while it's going to be very interesting um week ahead so start of the fedex cup playoffs am i am i missing something are we down from four events previously to three yeah yeah so it's is it is it 100 or 125 in the field this week
1: One two five, but you take the the two
0: guys off or the three guys off there okay so it's one two five this week 70 next week and then 30 yeah so yeah. historically it's been one two five 30 but yeah they've dropped that that's one of those events Um it's some notable misses uh who who didn't get inside the top one two five couple of names have caught my eye were Cameron Champ missed um obviously known for his length he's been like the longest player on tour the last couple of years or certainly always in the top two or three. Uh Frank Frankie Malinari missed. Danny Willett missed uh Bubba Watson missed. Charlie Hoffman missed um and it looks like Ricky Fowler is one two five on the list. So he has scraped in um. but looking at the the uh week ahead so dave what are your what are your thoughts who you who are you fancying or or give me give me your your overall thoughts on the week ahead
2: well firstly i think it is actually good to talk about golf and uh, i think they're i think we're all looking forward to watching a bit of, you know it's been there has been a little bit of a lull since the open let's be honest and um, so it is nice to look at a good strong field again i mean it's essentially a major field without the live guys i mean a lot of the live guys wouldn't have qualified anyway you know the the only the only three guys out of, out of the 11 and the lot and the rest of them that actually had a stake in the game to say were Swadford, Gooch, and i've even forgotten the the other one that's how irrelevant yeah. they are but anyway um so not exactly missing out on huge names here um there has been various different events held at this golf course over the past three or four decades various different iterations of the st Jude classic including the wgc last couple of couple of years and um, it is a golf course it seems to demand accuracy of the t and good iron playing if you look Back over the kind of winners traditionally over the years you see names like Justin Leonard, David Toms winning at this golf course, Westwood you know good kind of solid straight drivers of the ball so one name that kind of stood out to me when I was having a look at this was a man who amongst other things in this podcast has been accused of not staying and um, being intimidated by flag sticks just generally having a, a childlike demeanour but he is now a major champion and I think it might be time for Matt Fitz to to start winning regularly in the States. and um, he's someone that would certainly fit the bill of someone who drives the ball well, good iron player, and I think his short game is certainly gonna be certainly gonna be good enough as he has proven already this summer. I don't know, Jos, what do you reckon?
1: yeah i mean i'm never gonna speak uh against him again i don't think um given given the comments pre-us open but um no i i think he stands he stands a great chance i think he's definitely i think you know winning a major turns players into different animals definitely and i think he you know was 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 knocking at the door for a while um and now he now he's there i think yeah there's there, there is a bit of form to look at here in terms of the course obviously i think this is the first time it's held a fedex cup uh, event uh, as you said Dave, it's, it was the world golf championship before but you know obviously big big event so um we'll be interested to see who succeeds i think someone that stood out to me was patrick cantley um given given his form obviously in the playoffs last year one was at the last two events um he's coming into this week with 10 top tens this year no wins by himself obviously won the Zurich classic of new orleans with um with Xander, but um yeah 10 top tens is is incredible and you know you wouldn't be surprised he's he's sneaky good with the putter as well and there's bermuda greens this week as well Some bermuda grassland so I think he's nine stroke gains, uh, strokes gain pudding this year. So um when he gets when he gets the putter hot, he's a he's a dangerous man. And obviously, you know, if he's in contention, there's absolutely no no fear he'll go and do it. Um yeah, it'll be it'll be an interesting week. I think you know it's it's not only who's gonna win, but it's you know, those guys in the bubble, those guys around the 70 mark. Um, you know, obviously players like Fowler are gonna have to do have to do a lot to to get in um obviously it was talked about but he he sacked his caddy this week so um he it'll be interesting to see what kind of effect that will have i think definitely needed to change something um but no i'm like dave said i'm i'm actually looking forward to watching a bit of golf like i think we've had a couple of like snippets of good things over the last couple of weeks but it it feels like we haven't had that kind of golf hysteria since the open you know three weeks ago um so it'll be it'll be good to see the big boys back in action
0: completely agree And, and joe you you stole my man for the week um patrick Cantley. just looking at um since since memorial he's gone um third 14 13 fourth eighth uh and second he's uh he as you said he hasn't won yet this season is his form is, is pretty incredible i was looking at the likes of cam smith he likes his golf course and obviously he's um just won the open but given he's taken a few weeks off since the open i think it's hard to for me anyway i'm, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna back in same with rory i think rory's obviously just had uh, a quality season and um, but i would be looking at Patrick Cantley. Um, the there's three irish guys currently in the top 30 we've got larry power and rory so i mean significant for both larry and power really i mean rory's obviously done incredible and he's won the fedex cup twice but um dave looking at looking at larry first he had a bit of a messy week last week he started the week losing his clubs then on the friday he thought he'd missed the cut. Flew home, and then thanks to net jets or whoever they can sponsor us if they want and um, they got him back, and then he finished dead last last week, but I think um yeah, he's top thirty going into this week. It'd be very good if he could keep himself inside that top thirty top thirty for the next couple of weeks
2: yeah, not not great week for Shane there was an absolute comedy of errors on Saturday morning to to get him to make the cut in his defense I think there was five or six groups left on the course that had to go back out Saturday morning to finish off their second rounds and I'm not sure exactly what the number was but I think nine or ten of them had to fall off the mark and they did so I can just you can just imagine you can just imagine the text coming in Larry lying in bed on Saturday morning and just that that fear, that oh no moment when he realises he's going to have to charter a plane <laughs> to come back and 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 mess around for the weekend knowing he was way out of contention. Uh, I but given the circumstances, I probably wouldn't push too much into that. The fact that he came last, it obviously was a, an awful week preparation wise for him. Um, he has some form here at this golf course as well. He, he's he's a top ten under his belt uh, in the wgc that was held here a couple of years ago obviously we've said it on numerous occasions overall he's been playing very well this year and uh, without a win i think it's gotten to the stage though where a season where larry doesn't win can't be considered a success mm. so um i think he, he has gotten himself into that level of player so while it would be you know a good achievement to to finish inside the top 30 and, and make his first tour championship i don't think it's going to scratch the itch for him so you know let's let's hope let's hope that maybe this week he can turn some of that season form and, and as i said course form into into a strong finish
1: yeah he, he doesn't he doesn't tend to win well he hasn't won a regular pga tour event so you wouldn't be surprised whether it's this week or you know the following week if he was to go and do it in the fedex cup event it's kind of it'll be it would be very kind of Shane esque, I think, um, because the season he's having, um, he like he, he it definitely warrants I think a victory. It would, like it's you know no one deserves a win out here. You have to go and earn it, obviously. But I I think it wouldn't flatter him to to get to get a win, um, and he's obviously done it against the best of fields before. Um, just just on did you see last week talking about shane making the cut in the number did you see the guy austin smotherman who shot 65 on the on the thursday opening round and um, so whatever yeah five under and followed up with a 76 missed the cut by one i think it was and get knocked out of the top 125
0: loses Fenix oh no so he doubled, yeah. he
2: doubled he doubled the last as well he was he was one of the he was one of the guys who went back out saturday morning uh, and doubled the last and he was he was one of the culprits to to let larry back in uh but that yeah no that's that's got a sting that, that absolutely has this thing so
0: knowing that he had to go back out on saturday morning to finish up and he knew where he was um, yeah but that is the
2: pressure i think we spoke about this before like that is real pressure like you know going back out on a saturday morning with two or three holes to play with your card on the line i mean that's the kind of thing that i suppose Live will never have, and obviously it's it's a, it's a horror story for him in the end. But you know that is you know hopefully that's something that he might learn from. He's not the only one. You know he he goes into the Corn Ferry, and um, playoffs now. So hopefully I suppose for him, I don't know if Shane Larry will thank him. And um, he might also he might owe Shane Larry a few quid for for the private jet fee. But hopefully he he's able to get to the Corn Ferry playoffs and and get it get his way back on tour.
0: I'm sure Shane Larry would happily trade places with him and um, I wonder will the Netflix documentary pick that up when it rocks around next year. Um yeah, Jesus Christ, that is absolutely miserable. Um lads, we will begin to wrap up. Um this week ahead, just worth noting the the Deep World Tour event on in Galgorham, um, which is great to see. Good few Irish names I can see on the list. Um so yeah, it's probably a bit far for you boys to make your way up there, but yeah, I can see there's there's probably about ten or ten or twelve Irish lads playing in it. Yeah, and
1: it's a, it's combined um, men's and women's event, obviously as well, um, which is great. Kind of like the 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 tournament in Sweden was it? A couple of oh yeah, 10 or so, um, but yeah, all for that kind of format as well. Like that's like. You know, I think those kind of initiatives would would make um, accessing women's golf, um, you know, easier, I think, for everyone. And, like, yeah, there's some t- serious talent. Um, never played
2: Gal- Galgram Castle. I don't know if you guys have.
0: No. 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 Yeah.
2: I think by all accounts, it's not, like, it's not a wonderful golf course. I mean, I think we've spoken about this before, about hosting events in Ireland on on Parkland course. I think this even falls below the bracket of a man, Juliet, from, from what I understand, it did. It had the Covid Irish Open, and I remember yeah. it didn't get didn't get great reviews. I suppose just to mention, Galgorm hats off to Brendan Lawler. He didn't quite get the win this week in the in the event that they're holding up there, but he you know another second for him. I mean, he's he's really making a name for himself. and um, doing a bit of commentary now as well uh, on the yeah. on Sky the GP World Tour. He's uh you know between different things he. Uh, He's really making a, a good career for himself, uh, on and off the course, and he was very magnam magnanimous in defeat. The, uh, the guy, I can't think of his name, and no, the Italian guy that beat him. Uh, you know, Brendan was very much, you know, this is good for golf, it's good for the tour, to get names out there. So uh, hats off to him. Looking forward to to hearing him on the TV again over the weekend, hopefully.
0: Yeah, great to see. Um, I think I really want to go down that argument that you bring up, Dave, about the uh, playing irish events on toppings forces rather than the likes of that but we won't we'll save that for another day we will uh wrap it up there thank you for joining us for another week of unplayable we will catch you next time